We don't. Yeah, know. But you can't just go off. We just look at how many women there are in the world. We're and all. Hulk? We're all. <laughs> you're Hulk, and there are all these women in the world. Here's the thing: we're all literally looking at Hulk and just assuming this guy's a sleaze ball. And he is. <laughs> On today's footy corner, free falling Tottenham scores zero in a net zero home match where they give up three goals to defensive minded players as Chelsea shoot to the top of the table. Mark Noble records one minute and misses a penalty as Ronaldo and the Red Devils hold on to an away win at Olympic Stadium. Brighton are in the top four, Juventus are in the relegation zone, and Hulk has impregnated his ex's niece. Along with the typical predictions, announce of the week and gambling corner next. Yeah. And we are back on the footy corner. Arine, how's everything going? Everything's good. Just got uh just witnessed uh, Liverpool beat Norwich 3 nothing on ESPN plus um in the pointless League Cup, but it was nice to see. So off to a good day, did some grocery shopping and uh now I'm here. So how how about you? There you go. Not too bad. Uh well, busy start to the week as usual. Um I was at I was at a, both campuses today, lad. Both campuses, Hammond and Westville for school. By the way, those that know, we got two campuses. Uh, in the morning, I was supposed to. So this, I, I will share because it, it is hilarious. Um, you know, undecided students in our school every week get like a seminar, like a lecture from a department or something, and, and then they find out people to go give that speech. And of course, I'm a nonce and, and decided to volunteer like an idiot and uh, wish I hadn't, but. Anyway, I'm like, all right, I'll be one of the people that goes. And so they have three classes of this thing. So we had three classrooms that we had to rotate between. Well, the classrooms weren't in the same building, first of all. So we had 10 minutes to present. Then you had to run to the next room. 10 minutes, run, 10 minutes should be a total of 35. So you have five minutes to run between every room. Did my first one. The set Went to the second room, and there was a class in it. It was the wrong number. Mm. I call our secretary. She's confused. Then I go to the third. I said, you know what? I'm just going to go to the third room because I, I started searching and it took me like 10 minutes. And I was like, well, that's time's up. Go to the third room. And the guy that was I'm supposed to go after just went so over. He took up my time slot. Wow. <laughs> so one out of three. And I ended up finding out that the guy who was in the classroom teaching that I went to earlier, he was supposed to be presenting like at 1040. I'm like, lad must have been on Eastern time or something because it was 940. Yeah. So. Anyway, got much better. Had a uh, luncheon. Got got a certificate today. Gave a speech in front of the provost. Good stuff there. And then, yeah, teaching. I'm back. I'm back here. Uh, I'm relaxed. Football's I back. Should... Soccer's back. Everything's back. Have you ever sat in a class at the beginning of the semester when you were in college and it wasn't your class? Like, maybe it was the first week, you know, <clears throat> and then, like, you were just kind of weary because maybe you didn't know anyone in that class. So you sit down there and have you ever like been in the wrong class, I guess? <laughs> Shit. Like maybe first for like day, a second week. Maybe you know? for like, yeah, maybe for like two minutes. But you realized it yourself, right? Yeah. I, yeah, I eventually did. Cause I looked around and then I go, I don't know any of these people. And yeah. then the professor came in. I go, that's not what they look like. Cause I usually try to look on my professors before. Mm. So. I, um, yeah, I was taking, um, statistics class. And I walked into the ethics class 15 minutes early and was chilling there. 
And then until he put up the syllabus on the board, I awkwardly got up like 10 minutes into the class and just, <laughs> and just walked out. Like the class probably laughed, but like you said, like the red flags were there, but I don't know if it was myself just trying to tell me like, man, you're right. Just stick with it. I was totally off. It was an ethics class. So, and that's the complete op. I mean, like ethics and statistics are just two different realms. I didn't see anyone from my major. And obviously, you know, the school I went to, which is where you teach, generally you take the same classes with the same people. So, um, yeah, I, I've seen that happen. On my end. I'll give you that. I've seen that happen a couple of times. It's been pretty funny. Speaking, <laughs> of, speaking of red flags, let's just jump right in the Premier League. White Sox. No, I'm just well, joking. Yeah, they'll eventually clinch. They might clinch tomorrow. I, you know, I saw, I actually saw a guy today in a hoodie, socks hoodie. I was like, man, they could have clinched today. And he was kind of surprised, like this guy in the suit knows. But, but anyway, they'll, they'll do it tomorrow. Don't worry. When this episode comes out, socks will be the AL Central. Well, not when it comes out, but the day of, they'll be the AL Central champs. Um, so let's go to Red Flags in the Premier League team that was in first place when we spoke in the, uh, during the international break. They're now falling, free-falling, two straight three-nothing losses. Tottenham losing at home to Chelsea. Uh, Thiago Silva, N'Golo Kante, and Antonio Rudiger, two defenders in a defensive mid, scoring the three goals all in the second half. I'll start today's episode with some trivia. Thiago Silva became the second oldest Chelsea player to score in the Premier League at 36 years old and 362 days. So he's almost 37. I think maybe tomorrow he's 37, or today when you listen to this pod. Who scored for Chelsea at an older age? He was 37 and 49 days when he did it. John Terry. It is not John Terry. Frank Lampard? Nope. It was in April 2015 against Leicester. Oh, man. I don't know. Who was it? But I think he must have come back for a loan. He must have pulled off a Thierry Henry. Drogba. Yes. Didier Drogba did it uh, in 2015 against Leicester. Pulled off the Thierry Henry. Henry did the same thing. He, like, had that goal and then pieced out. It was really weird. Pretty much. So yeah, let's so let's get to the game. I think let's start with Tottenham. I think they're the big topic, right? They've dropped two in a row. Uh, and, and the big story here, I think, is Harry Kane. Zero goals, zero assists. Now we've talked on this show a lot about how he doesn't fit that system, but do you think this is more of him not fitting that system, or do you just think he's not in it? Is he just not putting the effort in? Because at some point, a player with that quality should at least have something on the score sheet by now. So Tottenham Hotspur, what is wrong with Tottenham Hotspur? I'll tell you. Well, Harry, first of all, Harry Hotspur. Kane. Yeah. You and me, I, at least I did. I told you when Nuno got appointed, he was already thinking ahead of the time, wrongly, that we're going to be playing without Harry Kane. I think he, I think he, you know, planned everything around that. You know, which is why week one, they played so great against Man City. Like they were playing Tiki Taka. They were playing fast pace, Burwine, uh, Delhi. Everyone was, was sun. Everyone was running, making an effort. You know, sure, there were some missed chances. Um, I generally saw a, a world-class performance by everyone. And ever since, you know, Kane came back, I don't think you could say you've, we've seen that. Like, I think it's a mixture. I think Nuno isn't the right manager for Harry Kane as far as how he implements the system. And I think it's getting to the point where maybe Kane's just out of form, A. And B, like he's just 
it's, he just doesn't work with that system. Like, you know what I mean? It's, or, or a system that can incorporate everyone else around him. You know, there are players that make everyone around them better. I don't think Kerry Kane's that type of player. I think he needs, I think he's at his best when he's in the right system as just the number nine, as the straight, like how he plays in England. That's how he always needs to play. And that's not how Tottenham play. That's not how Nuno coaches. So I'm going to keep saying it. You have to bench Harry Kane to get the best results if you're Tottenham. Straight up. You you should have sold him. You should have sold him. And now you're, you're forced to play him in a system that are going to get you negative results. Yeah, and, and, and in this match, I mean, that man was in the midfield more than he was up front. This man was just dropping the whole game. And you know what he reminds me of? Do you remember when, towards the end of his career, when Wayne Rooney kind of like dropped back more as a midfield? Like he was a striker before, and then he kind of dropped as like a 10, and they're like, is Wayne Rooney a 10? He clearly wasn't yeah. a 10. And yeah. like, like in Nuno's system, Harry Kane becomes a 10 because he's supposed to come on. He's not fast enough, so he's supposed to come on the ball and feed those wingers. And, you know, ever since he's come back, he also takes one of those spots away. You you know, you may not see Lucas Mora in a match. You know, you might not see Bergwijn. Well, Bergwijn's been hurt, but you might not see a player because he takes that spot. And like you said, those three, Mora, Bergwijn, Son, were just linking up so well. And, and yeah, it, it, it hurts for them. But um, there's a team that, like I, I kind of jokingly, but kind of seriously, last week said they were first. Arsenal was 20th. Arsenal can pass them next week or like be even with them on points, which is ridiculous. Yes. Which is, which is ridiculous to say, but uh, yeah. Anyway, let's, let's maybe move on to like to Chelsea. Uh, If you're Tottenham, how do you approach the situation? Put yourself in Nuno's position. What do you tell the board? What do you tell Harry Kane or, you know, what do you do with this team? For example, like how do you line up? You know, I, obviously you don't want to think of it like this, but, what do you do against Arsenal? I don't think you can drop Harry Kane. Like that would be, can you imagine how the fans would react though? How would you, how would you, so you would just keep it as is. If you're Nuno, keep things as is. You just lost three, nothing to Chelsea. You know, you, you haven't been getting the best results as of late. Clearly, you know, the offense isn't doing as good or the attack. I don't know why I said offense, but so you're just keeping things the same and just kind of hoping. Yeah, well, I'd, I th- I, they've lost two in a row. And I, the Chelsea one, I'd kind of half throw out because it's Chelsea. They're, they've been really good this year. And then the Palace one, they got a red card. Now, again, they're not playing as well as they did in that first game, second game. But, you know, you can't – I don't know. If you ditch it too soon, I, I just don't know what the repercussions are. If you drop Kane, you know, you're going to get shit from a lot of people, especially then if he drops him and loses, he's in big trouble. He's in big trouble. Well, can't you <laughs> so, use argument – you played him against the team that gave up the second least amount of goals in the Premier League last year, and you won one nothing, mm-hmm. and the best attack last year. So I don't know. I guess I would I would drop him. I would okay. drop him in a heartbeat. Well, let's let's let the people let us know too at the Footy Corner too. Would you drop Harry Kane for the big North London derby coming up on Sunday? So yeah, tough decisions to made. I think hot take. I think. A, I think Harry Kane is a little bit overrated. And B, I think Gabriel, if he's playing, is he playing? Darbalish has been playing, yes. He actually played a really good game against Burnley. He was really Hear good. Hear me out. He is going to lock down Harry Kane. Harry Kane will not score Saturday. Wow. Saturday or Sunday? Sunday. He will not score Sunday. 
That is a bold shout, yeah. You'll, you'll hear praise for for Gate, your boy, our boy Garbalish Gabriel. <laughs> yeah, he as I said, he had a he had a great game against Burnley. Yeah, we'll see, we'll see how Harry Kane does, but I don't think he'll get dropped at the footy corner too. Let us know your new no. Do you drop Harry Kane? Uh, on the other end, I think we got to give credit to Chelsea. Another another good performance, another good win. This one away from home. Are they? And I know they're even with with Liverpool at the top. Twelve, both teams, twelve goals for one against. Both teams with thirteen points. They drew each other. But my question is: Is Chelsea in the driver's seat? Because if you look at their schedule, they've already played at Tottenham. They've played at Liverpool. Uh, well, I mean at Arsenal, but that that's not much right now. But they've played away to three teams that traditionally are better higher in the table and they have another match this week against man city. So they're getting through the tough part of their schedule and they're still near the top. So does that put them in the driver's seat to you? I still don't think it puts them in the driver's seat. I'm still, I still to the people out there, I still, you cannot give me a reason why you put Chelsea ahead of Liverpool. That's just facts. That's just what I'm saying in, in their game. I, you know, Chelsea held off with a red card. Maybe Liverpool should have scored, but that's not the case. If you look at the game holistically, I think Liverpool played better. Yeah, they got a red card, but you got you can't just dismiss a red card. You got the red card. Like that was a forced red card. Like Liverpool created a chance and it forced the red card. Right? What aspect are Chelsea better than Liverpool at? As I'm asking that as a Liverpool fan to someone who you, you picked Chelsea to win the premier league in our preseason predictions. So in your opinion, what does Chelsea have that Liverpool doesn't? Cause right now as it stands, they're even on points and even on uh, the goals and goals against ratio, ex- having the exact same goals and goals against stats. Yeah. I, I mean, I think they're both, to me, I think it's just the, the depth, the depth in midfield. Because the starting eleven, you put the starting 11s against each other. Yeah, you're you're gonna have a hell of a game, and I and I do think that Liverpool has depth. But I I'm gonna say that I Chelsea and people have been saying Man City's had the best depth uh, for years. But I'm gonna go and say that if you look at Chelsea's midfield, it has the best depth I think in the Premier League, maybe even in the world. Just go look at all the players you could slip in there in the midfield position, and you know you have N'Golo Conte coming off the bench. Is a defensive mid. I know Kovacic, we, we slammed on him last week, but he's he, he's been playing pretty pretty well. You can bring on Havertz, Warner, um, Ziyech. But like at, what point so do we, at what point are we talking about their wingers as midfielders? Well, I just think there's good depth. Those guys play as midfield. Playing so many competitions. Okay, they're midfield and wingers. They're, they're attack, I'll say then. They're, they're, I don't know. I mean, their team just has so much depth to me. So... I don't, I don't know. know. I mean, maybe. I mean, everyone was talking about Harvey Elliott. Obviously, he went down, but people forget when you have a midfield of Fabinho, Thiago, we just saw Henderson score a screamer against AC Milan. Um, I mean, Nabi Keita has been so low key this season. Um, we saw what he did at Red Bull. Obviously, he had injury troubles, but I'm just saying, I think the depth is there for, for Liverpool, but. I guess we'll see. And in my opinion, I still think Liverpool has a better defense than, than, than Chelsea. You could, you could praise Rudiger all you want, but whatever. Well, uh, it's funny you mentioned that. So you talked about Rudiger. My question to you is who do you think has been the best defender since last year? Since last year. So this season? Uh, so last season and this one. Both seasons combined. 
Yeah. So that, that, because I know, you would, I know so someone else gets it instead of Virgil van Dyke. Yes. That's why I'm asking you this question. Uh, <laughs> well, and also because this person fits the profile. I guess, so, uh, well, I think it'd be naive to count out the person that won defensive player of the, of Europe. So mm-hmm. Ruben Diaz, is that who got it? Well, he did. Yes. Eric Diaz, whatever the fuck his name is. Look, I, <laughs> no, Ruben Diaz. You had it right the first time. I'm just saying it because Rio Ferdinand, said that he thinks that Antonio Rudiger has been the best center back since Thomas Tuchel came in. So, I okay. I mean, it'd be, but, I mean, it'd just be so, yeah, it's such a sm- small time frame. whereas Diaz did it a whole season. You're just taking the best parts about a best tenure. So let's see more of it. But okay. I think anyone would still take Diaz or Virgil or they probably have another, you know, maybe you'll take Garbalish over Rudiger. I don't know. Would you, would you, honestly, I look, I've seen Gabriel. I know a lot of people maybe don't watch Arsenal these days and just like to poke fun at him, but they do have players that do stand out if you watch. And for me, I think Gabriel is a great defender. Yeah. Yeah. I think he, he's young. He'll, he'll go through really good stretches and then he'll go through games that it's like, woof. but yeah, he's, I, I wouldn't say he's better than any of those guys, though. I mean, uh, obviously, Diaz and Van Dyke are, are up there, and Rudiger's been playing so well the last year. Plus, if you go before that, yeah, Garbalish, Gar- Gar- when you have Rudiger under uh, under uh, Frank Lampard, Garbalish was better than him. Uh, but, yeah, maybe. He has time to develop. He's a young guy. He and well, Diaz is young, too, I guess. Whereas, so let's, let's say you were just – Picking the top three defense um, center backs in the Premier League, would Rudiger be one of those three guys? Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. Like if I was to pick right now, if I'm allowed to just pick any three center backs and throw them on my favorite team, mm-hmm. I'd, I'd probably go Van Dyke, Diaz, and as as bad as it sounds, it's for this year, it's for this year, not this. for like future times. Varane yeah. would be my other one. Who? Rafael Varane. Oh, okay. I mean, I, people forget he's in the league. So, yeah, you know, he's there. I mean, a lot of people would put Harry Maguire too. Both, yeah. you can argue both men, United Center. But, but yeah, okay. I mean, maybe he's just done his job, which is obviously the main thing. But yeah, I mean, Rudiger's having a good stint, but we don't forget the times he was shitty. Let's also yes. think about that. There you go. And when he wore the mask. So speaking of United, we'll go on to them. They win 2-1 at West Ham at Olympic Stadium. It was rocking. I, I mean, I don't know if it's because Ronaldo was playing there, but I just, the crowd was insane. And it had our boy, the announcer, who's really dramatic. So if you guys want to hear the highlights of that game, uh, Ben Rama started the scoring, put West Ham ahead. Your boy, of course, front of the pod, Ben Rama, shout out. Top lad. Ronaldo equalized. And then of all people, the the West Ham lonely last year, Jesse Lingard wins the match in the 89th minute with a, with a great goal, has to hold back from celebrating. He does. Um, so United does get the win two one. I thought, thought West Ham was on the front foot for the first 20 or so minutes, but then United grew into the match. Uh, you know, you could tell Antonio wasn't there, but I will say this, I got to share with you something that happened. And I know, I know that you, uh, you have probably something to say about it. The big story here though, is Mark Noble, your boy coming on in the 95th minute or 94th minute, they won a penalty. He takes it. You know, would you know this has been a debate in England the last couple of days and around? Would you? I know you'd say you wouldn't bring Noble on, but any guy in general 
Would you bring any guy in general on for a pen when they've been sitting the whole game? I, we, we talked about this um, when England lost, was it the Euros when they brought in all those guys that hadn't played? I am so against that mm-hmm. um, for, for a lot of reasons. Um, but I think just saying, uh, I would not bring on Noble to take a pen or trust him to take a pen. I understand um, Vlasic was subbed off at the time, but I'm pretty sure Fornals is still in the game. Let mm-hmm. Fornals take the kick or someone like I understand this guy, <laughs> dude. Mark Noble's not a Premier League player. Anymore. Let's be real. Like <laughs> this is this is a game that I'm not. I'm gonna say it again, and I don't know because when United win, everyone just thinks about oh they won. And granted, at the end of the day, that's all that matters. But this is the second game through this third game, they've looked bad. Like they haven't looked very good. Right. So they lost in Champions League to young boys. And then they got away against, was it Palace? Or no, no, sorry, Wolves. Wolves, they won one nothing, but they weren't the better team. You know, we mentioned in our podcast, if you don't believe me, just look at the game highlights. Okay. I mean, holy crap, Wolves. But this is another game that got away from West Ham, clearly got away. There were chances after chances. Um, Obviously, there's a lot of debates. Uh, Ronaldo got taken down a couple times in the box and he, apparently he was very furious about that after the game and it, let it known. Um, but this could have easily been three, two, two, two West Ham. And I think if, you know, if anyone supports West Ham and listens to this, you gotta be fucking, that's one of those games where you're just punching a wall after the game, just pissed off. You know, I, I wonder like I walking around that ground after the game, I, I, I wish I could hear some of the fans and what they had to say, but yeah. Yeah. I got to say West Ham was, I mean, that was, that was one of the most fun matches I think to watch in terms of the crowd, in terms of how they played. Uh, (laughs) David De Gea, well, first of all, Lingard, that's a revenge goal, right? Cause that giveaway to to young boys or, or does that not make a difference? You think that losing that champions league game was worse than hitting this goal in for Lingard? I don't know. Um, <laughs> it's tough. Two different competitions. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, David De Gea, that was his first penalty stop since April of 2016 yeah. against Romelu Lukaku. Do you know how many times he had faced penalties without saving one before that one? I guess. Yes. Wait, do uh, penalty shootouts count? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah, because he had that infamous game where it went to the keepers and he missed. <laughs> yes. Was that the in the uh, Euros? Was that in the Euros that that happened? Or? That was in a Europa League, I think, right? The final of Europa League, maybe? Or Oh, yeah, I think so, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> damn, so it's a lot then, because in that game alone, there was like 12. <laughs> I'm going to guess 45. Very close, a little lower. 40. Yeah, 40. He had gone 40 without saving one. And, of course, Mark Noble is stopped. Um, you, you were not impressed with United. I just, the last thing I want to ask before we move on from them is their lineup. You look out there, was that their best 11? They had just for everyone listening, they had De Gea and goal across the back. It was Shaw, Maguire, Varon, Juan Basaka. Fred McTominay played in the um, defensive mid spot so that Pogba can move up with Fernandez and Greenwood. And Ronaldo was up front. Um, I don't think so. No, I just think you put Rashford out there. Uh huh. Um, God, I might get roasted for saying this, but Rashford for Greenwood. Okay. Yeah. I, I, right. just, I just, 
I rate Rashford pretty high. I don't think a lot of people do. Everything, I think everyone's obsessed with the idea of Greenwood being so young and being talented, obviously. That, you know, just because Rashford's a little bit older, but I mean, he is very good and he's come up with some big goals for them. I like that you mentioned him because another option was Jaden Sancho, but he's another one that's in the too young category. You got to give him time. Too it's young, like maybe he needs to adapt to the play style. Maybe you, he, he has that syndrome. You could tell he's not going to have a good season. Yes. Everyone has had that one player that's coming to the team. You're all hyped. Ben Rama, we just mentioned him for West Ham last year. Dude, dude looked like he was a freaking construction worker. Like he had no business being in the league. And he was insane for Brentford. You talked about him for, I mean, like the year before that and the year before, before that. Um, Cause you're a big bees guy, but yeah. Um, yeah, we saw it with Nabi Keita. I mean, there are a lot of players that we can, we can all say, I think, unfortunately it's happening for James. So given this year to kind of accustom to everything. And I think, you know, if he's lucky enough, he'll start. And I say lucky because there are a lot of good people on that United team. It's going to be hard to crack that team. Yeah, that's true. So, okay. So we'll see what happens with them. Um, Ari, not impressed. Color, I'm not impressed with Manchester United. <laughs> I was very impressed their first game when right. Pogba got like 40,000 assists. But since then, no, I have not, you know. But all Ronaldo, right. Ronaldo has exceeded expectations for sure, even in the West Ham game. Yes, I, I can get on board that. Uh, now, a team that... This match we wouldn't talk about now, but I thought big story city nil Southampton nil. Um, so the match, nothing really came of that. The, the most interesting part started in the middle of the week after their champions league match, when Pep told city fans to fill the stadium to which the official supporters group responded with the following statement. They've got kids to think of. They might not be able to afford it. There's still some COVID issues about, I don't see why he comments on it. He's absolutely the best coach in the world, but in the nicest possible way, I think he should stick to that. And that was the supporters group. Um, so a little, little back and forth between Pep and the supporters group is there unrest at Manchester city. Look, <laughs> other fans, especially Liverpool fans make fun of city for their attendance before this, they were nicknamed the empty had. Now your own manager Beg, like begging is not the word because I want to be for real. Like I'm not trying to exaggerate anything. He asks fans to come out now. When has you, when have you seen a big club, a United, a Barcelona, a Real Madrid, um, a Bayern Munich, a, a Liverpool? When have you said, Hey guys, we really need you. Can you come and watch us play? Like, Yes. It's your own manager. It's not, it's not a banter account. It's not a Facebook account. It's not fake news. This is your own manager. So I'm not the one saying it. It's, it's Pep Guardiola at the end of the day. Yeah. So, um, and uh, the best joke of the weekend was um, they, they drew nil nil and played bad because the um, city fans actually saw fans were, uh, were stage fright because they're not used to it. So <laughs> I'll say this. I don't know if you were watching perhaps another game at the time while that game was on. So like, I you know told you, I don't watch city cause I'm just not interested in the, the club. The players right. are great, but the club to me is just, it's just, a, it's like West Brom. No one watch, wants to watch West Brom, right? Yeah, no, this has, this has zero to do with analysis. Just a random thing. Those that have NBC, uh, if you're watching, you know, when you watch NBC sports, if you're watching a game in the top right corner, there'll be like that scrolling, score bar that says, says like what the score is for every match. And uh, <laughs> for, 
I don't know what happened in this match, but from about like the 50th minute on, because while I'm watching Arsenal in the corner, I just check the scores that are, you know, see what they're at. It had, it had noted that Manchester city had a red card. The, the NBC scoreboard said they had a red card from like the 50th minute. So I wasn't shocked to see that they had zero goals. Cause like, Oh, they're only playing with 10 men. I was kind of waiting for Southampton's number to go up and then found out after the game that that was wrong. Like whoever was working the scoreboard at NBC hot seat, um, you know, but one of the most incredible, that made me start looking up the stats and one of the most incredible things I saw 16 goal attempts, one shot on goal where Southampton had two shots on goal. <laughs> so that's wild. Um, him, you know, yeah, they're paying for having no striker. So yeah. And city actually didn't record their first shot on goal till the 90th minute. And I think it was Phil phone that, that did it. Yeah. So why do you think, what, what, <laughs> Bananas. So what's what's so for Jeff Paris and for the Maple Leaf for the other five Manchester City fans out there, what's wrong with their club? No striker. I mean, I, I understand that that doesn't that's not the reason they got one shot on, but I think it's uh, and I know that they did it last year, you know. But but they did they did have Gabriel Jesus play quite a few games, you know. They did have uh, Ferran you know, Torres. Yeah, Ferran Torres is he. Yeah, he does. He does play it sometimes this season. He's been their best version of the false nine. My question: Whenever I watch Torres play, he's a stud. I don't know why he's not playing more. Is he playing this season or? Uh, you haven't watched he's... some game because no one wants to watch City. Just say it. Well, he did score a couple against us, but I, I mean, outside of that, I'm not sure he's done too much. Why was Kevin De Bruyne a substitute in this match? Because he's uh, I, he's had an ongoing. I think it's a hamstring. Injury? Okay. So that could be a reason. That too. same injury that's been since the Euros, I think. I All know. right. So there, there would be another reason of mine that they're, they're having issues. I just don't see him consistently in the lineup. And I think for them to be at the top, they need to have a player like him because he kind of picked up where Bernardo Silva left off. Not in the same sense exactly, but, and, and if he's going to be injured and getting older, who's your guy that's going to create like that? I, I know they want Jack Rulich to be that guy, but we have to see where this goes with him, I guess. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But that's my take on them. Uh, shall we go on to Brighton Leicester? Yes. Not talking much about him. I just want to give Brighton a shout out. 2 1 Brighton. Uh, our boy, Neil Mape, scoring a pen. Danny Welbeck getting on the score sheet. Jamie, you've already got one back for Leicester. And we've talked, we've already talked about Leicester a lot. I just think we should give a shout out to Brighton. They're down to top four, by the yeah. way. Don't look now. But Brighton and Hove Albion sit in fourth place, one point behind. Chelsea, Liverpool, and United. They have 12 points in fourth ahead of City, no. US 10, and Everton. And so they won't keep it up. No one should be afraid. <laughs> That's what I, you're about to ask. No, no, I'm not. I know they're not going to keep it up. I just, I literally just put them here to give them a shout out because I know, I know this is the end of the road. I will say props to Brian <laughs> and myself. So it's downhill from here for Brian. Props to Brian and myself for calling them a dark horse. We did say, and you know how I'm a big Graham Potter guy. Uh, the other reason I wanted to give him a shout is, I don't know if you saw this, our boy, Yves Basuma. Uh, Basuma stated this week, I don't want to be arrogant. The Premier League has too many uh, good midfielders, but for me, I am the best. If you're a Brighton fan, do you like that? you like that self-confidence? Yeah. <laughs> is is he a top, is he in the top 10 for you? When you, I mean, when you, when you, when you're that confident, you've probably seen things from yourself that, you know, you believe, I don't know, you know, I, yeah, you, you should, it, 
it's never like, it's not terrible, but it's never like a good sign when a guy's like, dude, I know I'm not like the greatest. I, I know that. Wouldn't you rather have your guy being like, no, I'm the best. Like I'm going to go out there and try to prove it rather than having like, you know, someone just be like, I'm not the best, but like, I'm going to try, like, I'm going to try my hardest. Like, you know, which yeah. mentality would you choose? Yeah, no, I, I am. I do like the, the way he's going about it. I like that the way that team's gone about it. Um, in the month of October, they do face city and Liverpool. So yeah, like I said, their time is coming, but just let them enjoy this for now. Shout out Brighton. Uh, shout out Seagulls. Shout out to our teams. Our teams were both successful this week. It was a good weekend for both of us. Liverpool 3 0 win- winners over Crystal Palace. Mane, Salah, Keita, the goal scorers there. Uh, Burnley 0, Arsenal 1 at Turf Moor. Odegaard scoring on a free kick there. Any observations, comments from you on this? I know you have some things to say about Liverpool, probably. Um, no, just a professional, professional game. Congrats to Mane on his 100th Premier League goal. Um, and then I think if you have time, obviously look up the Odegaard goal, right? So, <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, I, I did want to bring up this fact. This is uh, from Steve. So I want to give Steve the credit. He did mention in a chat, and I didn't find this on my site. So this is a good find by him. That Saturday's win over Palace was the first time in Premier League history that three African players have scored in the same game. Again, Mane, Salah, and Keita. Uh, what are you guys going to do during the African Cup of Nations, mate? Lose every game. <laughs> well, a lot of people are, a lot of teams are going to be missing players. I mean, it's not just those guys. I mean, we have a lot of African players. You, obviously, you obviously, um, Mane and um, Salah. But then, like, when you said depth, you'll look at Nabi Keita. He's gone. Wait, mm-hmm. I don't know if his team qualified. I don't even know what country he's from. <laughs> I, I kind of just assume. I, I saw the stat and then I go, uh oh. Yeah, I don't know what country he's from, but (laughs) I might be wrong here. Maybe it's like one of those Guinea countries. I don't know, the Guinea that's in Africa. I know there's like a Papua, (laughs) a new, there's like different Guineas, isn't there, bro? No, no, I'm not wrong. Yeah. There's like different Guineas around here. There's one in South America and then, or South, yeah, South America next Uh to Brazil. And then there's one in Africa, right? There's a Guinea. Let me find out. What country is Nabi Keita from? The answer I found is Guinea. There you go. Did you hear that? Yeah. So, um, Guinea. So <laughs> that's, that's what I'm saying. You know, uh, just those guys, and I'm sure I'm missing another person, but man, that's going to be tough. I think most of all, when you, when you're missing him, it's going to be tough, but yeah. we, we need Yota and I don't know who else to shine Firmino. We'll see. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. Very good professional win. Um, never a doubt in that one. And yes, I'll, I'll give a quick, uh, quick Arsenal report to everyone. As I said, Gar, Garbalish played well. Odegaard with the strike, go look that up. Um, it was another, if, if no one watched it, all I'm going to say is it's another match. They could have scored more, you know, and, and it, you'd say it eventually is going to catch up to them, but the, they should have won two, three, nothing. And hopefully they, they fix that before it catches up to them. And then I want to tell people, give Ben white time. He was not very good in my opinion, but, uh, Again, I liken him to John Stones. Remember John Stones, his first season in, in Manchester City was uh, was not that great, but give him time. So that, that, that's all I'll put on that. Uh, yeah, good win for both those. You guys are top of the league. So uh, how does that Tied. feel? Tied. Tied. Feels good? Yeah, I mean, still work to do. I think it's too early. To, I mean, it's good to be aware 
it's good to be on the top part, but like, you know, it's, it's still very early. So, um, let, let more games against top teams happen. I mean, that's, we've only been tested against Chelsea and I was happy with how we played, even though we, we drew, um, but until we get tested against United against, I don't even know if you want to count Spurs, but Spurs, um, city. So that's what I want to, yeah. So that's, that's what I want to see. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's see. Let's see what happens. It'll be, but the time should be coming soon. Won't be I'll say I was, I was more happy about the Champions League win over AC Milan. That was, I was scared of that one. <laughs> that was a good win. You're right. Cause that happened the day after we had our podcast, right? Cause we talked about the Tuesday games, but not the Wednesday games. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. I've never been so happy to see my team in 13th place. That's all I'm going to say for that. Uh, <laughs> After being well, you 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 predicted the downfall of Tottenham and the uphillness <laughs> of uh, um, Arsenal. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what you predict the score of that game is going to be, and it, um, maybe it's from a non-biased point of view. I don't know what you're going for with that when you predict. You, did you know if we beat them by two goals, we pass them in the table, like even on goal differential, even having the horrendous goal differential well, arsenal has to score they've scored i know two goals all season I know, but that's I, that's just i'm just saying that that's how ridiculous that is that one team was first and one was 20th after three games did thomas three games later play? they could switch huh did thomas party play yeah he's been he's back. He, they need him they need him to play well he did play well it's just i don't know if he's full fitness because he was asking for a sub late in the match and arteta said no but he also, kept him <laughs> American update. Did Pulisic play? No, I I, I don't think he did. Does I he didn't see him. Play anymore? Mate, I don't know. No, he got hurt in uh, international. Um, it's a while he ago. He had an ankle injury. He had an ankle injury in the Honduras game, the last one that we played. You might have been sleeping because remember it was so late, the game. Him and uh, Gio Reyna. Um, yes, we have a lot of injuries. Yeah. Yeah, it's ridiculous. So, uh yeah, so let's uh, let's go ahead and round out the Premier League. I'm sure we're gonna have comments to some of these matches, but Villa three, Everton nil, all the goals within nine minutes. Matt Cash scoring his first Aston Villa goal, uh, Lucas Digne an own goal, and Leon Bailey. We've been calling for him to play, scoring there. Norwich won Watford three. Uh, there was Pookie watch. Okay, so he scored. And they lost because Emmanuel Dennis scored. And your boy, Smelisar, yours and Nikhil's boy, who yeah. a lot of people want at Liverpool, getting the brace. Uh, Wolves zero, Brentford two. I, uh, Tony and Mbwemo, I, I, I should say his name better, uh, scored in pretty short order. And, and Brentford took care of business there. And then Newcastle and Leeds played to a 1-1 draw on Friday. Rafinha with a very interesting goal that his teammate kind of just let go through his legs from, from long range. And of course, Alain Samaxamin, uh, the yep. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle, with it with an assist from our boy Joe Clinton, friend of the pod. Uh, so there's that one, one there. Um, out of those matches, you know, just go ahead and let me know what kind of struck struck out to you there. Um, uh, you want me to be blunt with you? Sure. I don't care about any of those teams. <laughs> I really okay. don't. I really right. don't. I'll I'll just give a couple of small facts here. Leon Bailey, I don't know if you saw, he came on in the 60, like first minute. He was part of the Lucas Dine own goal. He gave the corner kick that bounced off Dine and went in. He scored, and then he was subbed off. This all happened in 20 minutes. 
Right. So that was a wild fact. Digne, speaking of which, has three own goals, which is the most for any French player in the in the Premier League. He's tied though with a guy with a defender who used to play for Tottenham and looked like an ogre. Who is the other guy? The other French player that has scored three own goals. Uh, an old Tottenham defender. I don't know. I can't. Eunice Kabul. Oh wow! <laughs> Our boy <laughs> wanted to say that. Uh, Norwich have now lost 15 Premier League matches in a row under Daniel Farka, dating back to the last time they're in the Premier League. I mean, today wasn't a Premier League game, but they lost to Liverpool today too. So Pookie Watch wasn't successful today either. Not today, but man, remember Daniel Farka, German, not Spanish. Um, hot seat, 15 losses in a row. How the fuck do you stay on board? I don't know. That's um, tough when when you have a manager that can get you through the championship. Mm-hmm. But at what point are you just like when you're in the Premier League? Are you just like it's time to cut ties? I mean, this man hasn't even gotten a draw, mate. That's put 15 yourself, L's. If you're in the Norwich board, or you know, put yourself in any team's board where this is a problem. Because I'm sure Norwich is. In, I'm sure there's a team somewhere that has the same struggle as Norwich. Do you change managers? Or do you think he's earned it? Like the trust because he got him uh, from the champion? Like, I, I guess. I mean, he's won trophies. Maybe that's why. But I mean, he, <laughs> he he got an extension. They extended him earlier this year. I don't know. That's a mess. You're I'd be mad if my team had lost 15 yeah. Premier League matches in a row. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Would, and then one- I bet you someone else wants the job that may bring more out of the team. I don't know. Maybe. And then one last trivia question to ask you. Uh, this is an interesting fact I came across, and those at home can play as well. Who are the top three teams in making the least amount of changes to their starting 11 this season? Meaning yes. they came out, they, yeah, they came out with an 11 in the first game. And if they make any changes in the second game, that's, you know, one or two, however many changes, it just adds. There's one team that's made from no changes. Game, from the first game or game to game? So, oh, game to game. From the oh. first game, meaning that, you know, let's say they did two between games one and two. That's two. They did three between the next. They're at five now. There's one team that's never changed their lineup. Norwich. <laughs> it is not Norwich. Who just beat them? Uh, the team that beat Norwich was Watford. Watford. And they're not on this list either. Damn, I don't know. City? Not City. Do you want me to say the who's who has made zero? Who? It is West Ham United. They have not changed their lineup once yet. Who's That'll that? change. Oh, David. Yeah, Moise. That's got to change with Europa League coming up. But that's them. Then there's one team. Huh? But wouldn't you stick to it? Then? I mean, look what it's doing for him. And uh, if I'm Moise, I'm still. I'm talking to the guys after that United game saying like, you know what? Good job. Everyone doubted you. And you could have won that game. Mark yeah. Noble lost it for you. I put Mark Noble <laughs> in the corner and I say, this is the guy that ruined it for you fuckers. Although, although as much as I'm praising Moyes for sticking what's working for him, he kind of contradicted himself with bringing in Mark Noble and taking that pen. So that is wild. but he would have been put in a tough spot if he said no to Mark Noble. So think about that. That's true. Noble has been doing their scouting. Remember mate, he knew exactly where De Gea was going to die. <laughs> So then there's another team that has only made one change and another with two. Can you name the other two teams in the league that are? Brighton. It's not Brighton. You're on the right track, though, with teams that are not as big. 
Brentford. Brentford has made two changes. They're in third place. So West Ham zero, Brentford two. There's one team in between, and they've been underperforming by our standards. Aston Villa. It's not Villa. Lower in the table. I don't know. I couldn't tell you. Oh, um, oh, no, I can tell you now. It would be Wolves have made only one change in their lineup. So that was pretty wild. Wait, who took over the Wolves job? Uh, uh, The guy's name is Lange or something like that. Oh, no. Oh, Portuguese guy? Yeah, he's the Portuguese guy. Uh, I don't know his first name. L-A-N-G-E is his last name. Let me double check, though. Lunch. I'm sure there's a proper way of pronouncing it that we're getting it totally wrong. But Oh, we're probably fucking it up seven ways to Sunday. Uh, it's B. Lodge. Surely it's Bruno. Yeah. <laughs> Bernardo. Well, we Bruno to us now, so we'll just call him Bruno. Bruno the manager. <laughs> Bruno. But who is Wolves' manager? Well, that's awkward. It gave me the Minnesota Timberwolves roster, so we're just gonna <laughs> we're just gonna stop it right there. Sorry, that was bad podcasting. It just didn't talk and just showed me a roster. All right, so something we're gonna do a little new. We you know get through the Premier League a little quicker because we have our we have our takes that we say every week. Let's go around Europe, kind of you know see what's going on, talk about the big news stories. Uh, while there was one that made rounds, I think I think it's important first to bring to everyone's attention. Juventus, of all teams, currently in Serie A, sit in the relegation zone. There's no time to relax for Juventus. They're in yeah. 18th place with two points in four matches. They have four goals. I mean, last year was the first year they didn't win, as we mentioned on the pod, after a nine-year run of winning the league. Pirlo gets replaced by Allegri. They've lost to Napoli and a promoted team, Empoli, uh, which sounds like an Italian dessert. Um, yeah. And there was a camera that caught Allegri walking down the tunnel at the end of the game and said, fuck's sake, you're playing for Juve. Uh, thoughts on Juventus this season. Are they really missing Ronaldo that much, or is it more? I think it's a progression. You know, I think it's certain players maybe getting old. Um, the people they were bringing in, perhaps. Um, you know, I don't know, because Chiesa is actually really good. But I'll put it this way, I don't think Ronaldo was good for the further development of Paulo Dybala because he's kind of vanished. Um, and I think, you know, they brought in Ronaldo kind of as like a, you know, money stunt to bring in more money and, and whatnot. And I don't know if it was really successful to what they wanted, but it hindered them in the sense where now Dybala kind of lost confidence. Kies is doing good. I love Weston McKinney. A lot of Americans love Weston McKinney. But... But we all have to face the price or face the facts. He's good, but he's not like, you know, when you think of him, he shouldn't be on. I, I'm going to say he shouldn't be on Juventus. He's not that good, bro. Like if you can't be the best player right now on the United States of America, which I wouldn't consider him, you, should, you have no business playing for a team like Juventus, a Bayern Munich or whatever. So he's not, you know, that quality. Um, Adrian Rabio couldn't make the bench at PSG before. I'm looking at their lineup. Bonucci's mom is ruining his career, mate. His well, mom Bonucci, is ruining his career. Bonucci's only getting older. Dolit has kind of been a bust. I don't think, you know, it's a right fit for him. I think it's a setting situation. He made the wrong choice by going there. Should have gone to Barca with your boy, um, De Young, the good De Young. Um, 
Surprised and Quadrado and Quadrado is playing right back for them, bro. What this guy did not know how to defend in the Premier League. So how the fuck is he going to defend in Syria? Does he still have the same hair? He still has the same hair, but I think it's to wow. cover up the hairline. Um, <laughs> I'm just shocked you haven't mentioned one player still. And Chesney's their goalie. Yes. I mean, this is not Juventus quality. My point being is, throughout when they were good, they weren't taking the proper steps to continue that. They they made they made the wrong moves from the. Allegri is a good manager. We know what he's capable of doing, um, and I think he still cares. I just think the players are just not as good as you look at the other teams with their coaches in in Syria. They're AC Milan, Inter Milan, Roma's always spitting out the. You got to keep up, man. Syria is a lot of the world likes to think of them as a charity case, but that's not the case anymore, man. They're they're really good now. Syria is a competitive league. I'm I'm shocked. You never once mentioned Alvaro Morata, me. Him too. I you know. (laughs) It's because he doesn't start for them, which is why I didn't say it. But I think he started last game or something. He did. He did. That's a desperation move. See, that's when you know. It's when you throw out Alvaro Morata. Nah, dude, he's bad. He's bad. Yeah, I, I, you did mention a good point. They're, they've started in a big hole. I mean, two points. You'd say, oh, they could recover. But, mate, like, they're already sitting 11 points behind Inter, who lead the league. You know, they're already sitting 10 behind Napoli. With, and Napoli, I think, no, does not have a game in hand. Napoli has a perfect record. They have 12 points out of four matches. AC Milan has 10 points. Atalanta, who's been pretty good, 10 points. AS uh, Roma, nine points. So these are five teams that you have to make up at least seven points on. And when you've been struggling and you can't even beat Empoli, I think Juventus will be an interesting team to watch. And it'll be interesting to see, will Allegri put his eggs in the Champions League basket at a certain point when he sees the league is going a little wayward? Uh, You saw they did come out and win their Champions League match 3-0. So... Uh, that'll be something to watch. Uh, age, age is hitting them in the back in the defense, and they lack creativity up top. The ball is not in form, and they don't have a playmaker on that team. They just don't. Yes. Yeah, that's true. So keep an eye out. And they I believe you can, those, you can see those on ESPN Plus, right? Yeah. Okay. Let's go to some panic in Paris as Lionel Messi was subbed out in a match against Lyon. And I believe it was one, one at the time he was subbed out. Um, and Le Paris Sans had to score two. Is that the right way of saying it? I don't know. They had to score two goals in the last 24 minutes. They did. They still have a perfect record. You think everything's nice and perfect, huh? Parisians, La Parisians, that La Parisians, maybe La Paris. I don't know. They, you know, the, the interesting point being is they still have a perfect record. They won all their games, but there's this big debate on, did Pochettino make the wrong move? Now, I will say this. The guy he brought in did score the match-winning goal. He did bring Icardi on for Messi, and Icardi won the match. So yeah. is there really trouble in paradise between Lionel Messi and Pochettino? For, I, this has to be one of the first times he's been subbed out, not because of injury. I have a lot of, do you, I have a lot of thoughts about this. Yes, please. Okay, my first thought is, as much as everyone, when you compare, quote-unquote, the GOATs, between Ronaldo and Messi, we've seen Ronaldo get subbed out and act professional about it. Okay. I'm talking about the one that they brought Lingard in for him. <laughs> yes. Now we saw this, and that actually was a suicide move. It cost them. Yeah. So, and then we see this move, Mo Messi 
reacted the way he did and it won them the game. So who really is more drama if you think about it? Two, maybe I'm being too, maybe I'm rushing saying it was dramatic because I actually just a couple hours before this saw that he might be out against Man City because he has a knee contusion. So maybe he was frustrated with the injury. Mm -hmm. You know, that's another thought. And just saying like, you know, I don't want to dap anyone up. I'm just kind of pissed about being injured. And maybe he hasn't scored yet. He hasn't scored yet in a PSG. So maybe it's just frustration, you know, not necessarily geared at Pochettino, just maybe at himself. And he takes it out like that, you know? That's how I hope that's what I hope it is. Cause if it's on against Pochettino for literally making the right move, maybe he's more dramatic than he is. Cause he's, if you really think about it, he's had, he's had things catered to, to him for Barcelona for what, like 10 years now. So I don't know. What do you think about that? Well, that's exactly where I was going with it. My thought was, cause we've seen him, we've seen him in moments when Argentina, if you remember those couple of years, they kept losing in the finals, how he looks when he gets frustrated or if he doesn't perform. So part of me thought maybe he's not mad at Pochettino. Maybe he is, like you said, frustrated because he hasn't scored. And if you, not that he compares himself to Ronaldo, but you look at Ronaldo and he's, he, he had three goals in two matches, not what, four and three, maybe, whatever it is. He, I mean, he's still doing it in arguably the best league while we talked about Messi downgrading to the farmer's league and he hasn't scored. Now the team's won, but he hasn't scored yet. So, you know, that's, that's something to keep an eye on. And, and, you know, you might be right that, that moment, you know, how we talked last week or two weeks ago, you asked about who's better. And I said, Ronaldo to me is the better athlete. And I think now that they're getting up there in age, it's showing the guy that's stayed in really peak shape that, that really takes care of his body. Not that Messi doesn't, but that Ronaldo does it to an elite level. Yeah. And that's why he still can play. And I think Messi's time is, is, I mean, this might be dramatic, but I don't think there's much left on his playing career. I mean, his life will live a while, a while longer, real, but I'm talking about his playing career. I, I don't know if there's much left. <laughs> no, I, I agree. You know, um, no, no, I agree. I mean, I think um, he's never struck me as someone that people haven't necessarily praised his work ethic or his, his diet, you know, whereas you, and there are great players. You look at Ronaldinho guys that were just amazing, but you know, their careers aren't dragged out like Ronaldo just for certain reasons that I'm bringing up. I'm not saying that messy clubs or whatever, but I, sometimes he just doesn't care as much, you know, he, (laughs) that's just the facts, but um, he's also, he's also being exposed to a brand new environment with a brand new team but he should be doing better. Like he should be doing better than, than Barcelona. I mean, it's a, it's an easier league. You're literally playing next to Neymar and Mbappe. I, he missed sitters against club Bruges, mate. <laughs> that, yeah, that is the ultimate, this team with, we just talked about Juventus struggling and we'll talk a little bit about a team in La Liga here in a second struggling. Is this, this has to be the year that PSG has to step up and try to take it. I, I think that, but look, they got the league set already and Leon's not, I mean, they've, but I don't know, man. I, I don't know if I would feel confident at all with picking them to win champions league and I should, but, and I don't think Ramos has played for them yet, but, but still, I don't know. Um, yeah, I I'm, I'm with you there. No, I'm not. I mean, I'm not confident in picking them. I'm just saying like, this is their golden chance. They have to do it. 
Uh, granted, yes, there are still other obstacles. Bayern Munich is an obstacle we'll talk a little bit about later. Obviously, the English teams. I think the English teams are really strong. We're back to that age where they're really strong. So, But, yeah, uh, but you look they, at it, and, and this team's arguing amongst themselves, but they're perfect still. They have a perfect record in their league. But and they right. have a case of the Man City. This yeah. is the same thing. Like, they could, they could literally – Win every game in the in um almost at the Premier League in league league, uh, but, league uh, but they don't <laughs> care anymore. They really don't. Like they strictly just want to win Champions League now. Like they clearly dominate France. All these moves, all these things they do around the world is to get a, a bigger fan base worldwide. I, we've even seen it in our home. I don't know if you're aware in Naperville. Um, <laughs> they uh, the uh, there's a really good team called, I think it's like the pride or something like that. And PSG is affiliated with the best team. They're doing this, there's these small things, but like now they want to win champions league. So they don't care about it. like it's, it's champions league or bust for them. It and sure is. That's going to kill them. So like one bad result against Bruges is going to ruin that morale. Cause it's like a college basketball season for them where these games are just like practices in the French leagues. And then every game is like detrimental in the Champions League, I feel, for them. And Messi, look, he's not as good as he used to be. I'm going to go ahead and fucking say it. He's not as good as he used to be. Um, but we got to see. But as as it stands, as it stands right now, they play better without. And that's that's not an ifs, ands, or buts. That's a fact. We only okay. do facts on the footy corner. And that's All a right. fact so far. So maybe you could prove me wrong, but shit. <laughs> Well, let's let's move on to a team that hasn't played so well without him in La Liga, Barcelona. They are in. They they just drew one one with Granada yesterday or two days ago. If you're listening to this on Wednesday, and it, quite a disappointing draw keeps them in seventh place. You know, eight points on four matches in any other league is fine, but this is Barcelona we're talking. No, about. No, they currently sit at eighth actually. Oh yeah. Oh sorry, they went down a spot. You're right. Something must have happened between when I wrote this and yeah, they're in eighth now. Um, someone passed them up. But, you know, is this, is this them losing Messi or do you think, which is what I'm leaning towards, more of a, uh, a very poor job of managing transfers the last two or three seasons? So let me put things into perspective, though. Something that we didn't take into considering when mentioning that they're eighth. Every team above them has played two more games than them. So in, in essence, if they were to win their next two games. Well, some have played uh, one. Real Madrid, Valencia, and Real Sociedad. I've played one more. One more game? Yeah. Well, Barcelona's next two games are against Levante and Cadiz. So they should win those, but I see what <laughs> you're saying. Um, look, Memphis Depay is a great player, but when he's your primetime player and you're Barcelona, that's a yikes. Mm-hmm. And something that especially has, like struck me is kind of like their defense. I don't know. I feel like their defense isn't as good. You know what I mean? I think it really showed against Bayern Munich. And I don't know, man. I think there's too many holes in that team to really win anything this year. Yes. Yeah, they're giving up over one goal a match. Um, It is important, I guess, to note that the top team in that league currently, I know you're not not happy with it, but as it stands, Atletico Madrid stay uh, at the top of the table. Uh, but one of those transfers I did want to bring up was them bringing back Antoine Griezmann. He got booed. <laughs> Thoughts on that? <laughs> so that that's my question to you. So 
if you were an athletic fan, would you, would you boo Griezmann? Like, what would you do? You know, you know, that's in your view. Oh, sorry. I don't know what that was. I was clicking through my phone and bro, he literally said what I said. What that's happened? Wild. I said, I think I said it in your view. Didn't I say that? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Oh yeah, I you did. Know. And then the guy on the, on my video said the same thing. So what, what do you think? Do you like, it's tough because he did so much for them when, you know, they, in their earlier days, in his earlier days, but I could see why they're upset because he went for the, the shining stars. And then it seems like he's coming back because it didn't work out. It's like the guy that, you know, it's like a good relationship you have going on. Right. And then the girl leaves for what she perceives to be greener pastures. And then it doesn't really go so well for there. And then she kind of comes back, you know, like, so like there are it, clubs you, that take those people in and clubs that don't. And I think Klopp turned down Coutinho on his uh, little comeback. So, right. And so, you know, in this case, it's an interesting situation because, you know, using that analogy, you could have still had amazing times when you were dating on your first go about, but the way the breakup happened, the way he left, the way he went to a team within, it's like, you know, your friend, she went to your friend, you know, the team, he went to a team in La Liga, a rival, a direct team that they're rivals with, not Real Madrid, but Barcelona, who those three teams had always been atop that league. So I think that move really, really Question. You know, made people feel bitter. Yeah. Question. So let's say Giroud never went to AC Milan. What if he came back to Arsenal? Gir- Giroud's an interesting one because I think he's just kind of like a goofy, <laughs> like lovable, like He's just Olivier Giroud, but like whoever, I think if you whoever talk pays like Van Persie, or if you talk Van Persie or Fabregas, yeah. yeah, let's say let's say Van Persie came back, you think he'd get booed? I think there would be a good contingent that would boo him. Yes, um, would you? Uh, I wouldn't. I'd get caught up in it and be like, you know what? He's a good striker. We need him back because the way he did break up too was bad. He said it was his like childhood. I dreamed of playing, you know, whatever when he went to United. And, that was a bad breakup, very similar to this. But I will say, I wouldn't, but I could see many fans doing it, many fans booing him. And, and I booed the hell out of him when he was with the United. But for some reason, if he came back, I'll be realistic, especially if my team needed a striker, I'd be pretty excited he's back. You know, it's all about what your team needs. And I don't know who, who's Athletico's striker before he came back. Do, do you happen to know? Morata or some shit? I don't know. I don't well, it was know. last year, right? And then, I mean, who do they have now? Do they Maybe. have anyone of note? I oh, they have Luis Suarez. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, well, yeah, he won the league with them last year. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's it's a tough situation, isn't it? Oh. Wow. Well, I don't know. Yeah, at the footy corner, too, let us know, would you have booed Antoine Griezmann on his return? It takes time. I think the longer it is, the easier it is to cheer him when he comes back. But if it's like one to two years after, I think you're going to get booed. I think I would boo. It's like if Fernando Torres came back to Liverpool after two years, booed. Yeah. But like yeah, that's true. You're right. Steven Gerrard's retirement game, he came back, we, we clapped for him. Because it's like that was enough time to like find that new girl that was, you know, better than maybe him, which was Luis Suarez. Right. And that's a whole other story again. But, but yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you know, it takes time. Once you find the next best thing, then you realize, all right, whatever. Maybe it was for the best. You're right. It is about timing. 
Because I think when, like, again, I hate to bring my club into it. When Seth Fabregas was going to, was maybe going to come back to Arsenal, fans are ready to have him back after X amount and, of years. And I think uh, Griezmann was only gone for like two years. Yeah, it wasn't long. And it was clear it's because it didn't work out at his other place. That's the other reason. You're just like, what, are we really the fallback people? Come on now. So yeah. there's that. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll monitor a little. You guys see how that goes. Let's uh, fly over to Germany. Bayern Munich with a 7-0 seven, seven win over Bochum or Bochum or whatever they are. Um, yeah. I want to give a shout-out to Wolfsburg for being level on points with, with Bayern, top of the table for now. Um, they might be pulling off, a, a, not to brighten levels, but we'll see if they stay up there. Um, Veghorst is a very interesting tall striker that that I just looks very awkward. Uh, yeah. But a team I want to bring up, you know, I, I, I want to bring up RB Leipzig. Uh, this is a team that, you know, has been pretty decent in the past. And they've had a tough stretch of matches. They've had to play Byron already. They had to play, I think, Man City. Uh, but they've struggled a bit. They're not doing so hot in the league. Is Jesse Marsh on the hot seat? Because this is his first season in charge of that club. Uh, would you put him on the hot seat or would you say, hey, let's let's give him a little more time? Call me crazy. Oh, well, no. Not hot seat. Maybe. 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 Uh-huh. Call me crazy, but my whole narrative on Red Bull Leipzig has changed. Yep. I think about them holistically. At the beginning, how their team was formed was dodgy. Now that their team name is Red Bull, still dodgy. Okay. <laughs> okay. No one likes that. But for what they're doing, they're literally producing great players and selling them. Literally to direct rivals like and managers. And managers, like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's not like they're pulling, okay, nothing wrong about it. But, like, you know, it's not like they're pulling the PSG or the city where they're, like, just buying the greatest players. They're producing – they're spitting out players at the rate of, like, a Dortmund as an Ajax, like, from their academy and up. Mm-hmm. And they're doing things the right way. And that's really rare to see. So shout out Red Bull for actually doing that. Cause I think everyone in the football community did not like Red Bull Leipzig because of how they formed, how they got good. But I think it was for the better of the sport. Now, if I was a German league fan, maybe I'd still be like, fuck these hoes. Cause they're better than my team still. And like, what the hell? Like, right. Like, um, but I, I think it's just, they sold everyone. Like literally their players from last year were sold. You know, but, they're literally bringing players on loan at this point just to kind of keep them up. Well, it's, that's what I wanted to mention. In terms of Red Bull Leipzig, do you think that people like them a little more now because they feel bad for them? Because Dortmund was the team that Bayern Munich would just come over and be like, yep, we're just going to scoop these motherfuckers from yeah. you. These guys have now gone to Leipzig. Let me tell you the guys, they got, they got their manager, for fuck's sake, Julian Nagelsmann. And from last season, arguably their two best players, uh, Upa Makano at center back. Who to was Germany. The best to Bayern, sorry. To Bayern. And also Sabitzer. Yeah. And also Sabitzer. And it was for, what was it, 15 million or yeah. whatever it was. Like, and before that, Timo Warner, yeah. right? I mean, like, Jesus, bro. Like, well, But the three I'm pointing out went directly to Bayern. So oh, yeah. there's some back stuff. There's some weird shit going on in Germany. And I don't know if I like it. You, and I know you mentioned it. I don't know if it was on the pot or just a conversation in the past. It was about the Super about, League. What was it? Talked Super about the, the Super League. That was back then. Yeah. They, there's something going on in Germany because, and it makes me uncomfortable. Cause I mean, I like 
I like Bayern, but as well. if any other team was doing what they're doing, I would, I would be slating the shit out of them. I just, I just don't, the league is not like you said, competitive because they just, they scoop everyone from every team in the league. So exactly. I don't know. That, that's my take on that. I do want to mention too, before we move on from Bundesliga again, we'll, you know, everyone hearing this, we're just making our trips around Europe. Let us know what you think at the footy corner too. just a mini change in uh, talking about some, some real big news going on. Uh, how you like it. Um, I did want to say we're hoping for the best on the podcast um, for Kingsley Coman. I guess he underwent a heart surgery a couple days ago because he was suffering from shortness of breath. You hear about that? Well, apparently I should be getting heart surgery too. Not just checking. I mean, that's scary. That's actually super scary. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's just, it's crazy. Cause it just, I think he had like a, his rhythm of his heart was off arrhythmia or something like that. And, uh, I that's guess they were monitoring. That's that? uh, did he have a maybe he had something inserted in his heart? I'm guessing that's what it was because that's what happened with uh, Erickson. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're saying that his heartbeat rhythm had a slight disturbance with a minor added beat. They're opting for long-term ECG monitoring. Now that doesn't necessarily mean they're putting something in, but monitoring means they're just gonna watch it. So he has not been fitted with the ICD. Okay. So he's not getting that yet. Am I but crazy for saying that if you should. have those types of problems and it, I, you know, I'm not a professional soccer player and like, I don't understand it on their point or, nor an athlete, but if you have any type of problem like that, I don't feel comfortable with, with them playing. We yeah. saw what happened with Erickson. Um, it's happened with daily blend way back in the day. It's happened. We've saw someone die. Was it during the world cup? Uh, it was maybe Confederation Cameroon Cup. guy. Yeah, when I mean, we were in Iran. Like, yeah. it, that's just, I, I mean, it, it's it's bold saying it, and but it's coming from a good, I think, a healthy point of view that if you have heart problems, you know, maybe it's not the best idea to carry it. Right. Well, yeah, I agree. I mean, I no, I agree with you. I'm I'm a little nervous for now. Like, I kind of worry, like, w- when I watch, what's going to happen, you know? Yeah. Um, so it can uh, at any time you never right. know it's that's a scary thing so yeah that was the little uh german update uh, of course um byron is 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 probably going to win that league but just just some going on there maybe Let's, there's hope for dortmund maybe i mean um with giorano coming back and i mean holland literally in my opinion being the best striker in the world yeah i said it i rate him higher than lewandowski now um you never know man you never know the only worry I have for them, and I they I love their up front, it's their defense. They've given up, I think they've given up more than two goals a game this season. So <laughs> like that's wild. And there's and they're only one point off Bayern. Yeah. Yeah. They, they've um, given up eleven goals in five matches, including two to Union Berlin, th- uh, three to Leverkusen's fine, two to Hoffenheim, and then two to Freiburg in that opening uh, match defeat. Um but yeah, shocking. Because their back line isn't terrible. They're, we all know their back line. Yeah. It's, uh, it's Mounier, um, Akanji, who's, you know, he's that young Swiss lad. Actually, I don't know if he's young anymore because when he got transferred there, he was considered young. Um, maybe Hummels has maybe lost yeah. it. Um, but then Guerrero, I don't know. I think maybe it's Hummels' time to come to the MLS, possibly. Yes, I think so. I think Hummels is getting a bit old. Maybe they need Zagadu to come back. Um, yeah. But that's a team that can use. Yeah, I think 
that might be it. But hey, they are you know fun what? to watch. Fun Royce, to watch. Royce is. St- I. It's. We forget Royce still exists. By the way, that's true. Marco Royce, Royce is still. So if eight years ago you were like Marco Royce would be playing for Borussia Dortmund, would you believe that? No, no. Now with all the transfer rumors every right? year, that is absolutely crazy. There's no way, but there he is. Uh, we'll have to fly to now our league that we personally follow. We're going to go to Portugal. Um, Maritimo had a match this weekend. Uh, another draw. <laughs> this one, though, it's a way. It was a way to uh, Famali Cow. So I'm probably saying that wrong. Um, it was a nil-nil draw, but this one wasn't as frustrating as the Aruka match. So, you know, in this one, I'll be honest, the lads did not look up for it. It was a... Uh, it's a I tough wasn't match. Happy with this. I know you didn't mind it, but I wasn't happy with this. Result. Well, I wasn't happy with them drawing Family Cow, but you know, considering they were away, they were dominated a bit in possession. They were outchanced, and they gave up a penalty. Isn't Their that all made concerning? Big stop. Huh? Isn't that all concerning though? Yeah, I mean, it's. A, I don't know. Because here we are now. We sat at eleventh at the table. We were high flying before the past two games. And the last, and Family Cow, mind you, is still in a relegation spot after that result. So th- that's why I know it's tough to go to a farmer's town in, in Portugal. Don't get me wrong, especially if you're flying <laughs> from the island. Yeah. You know? um, it's tough, but that's a game you got to win, man. I mean, what's next? Are we going to excuse them for tying Tondela? Well, mate, currently, you know, like, well, what's, what's next? We need to win these games. Well, unfortunately, the next match is just going to push them down because they're playing at Sporting, who is, uh, you know, one of the top teams in the league. Um, So that's going to be tough. But after that, we get Morirense. So shout out to that. That needs to be three points. That (laughs) I'm circling down needs to be three points because two of the next three are at Sporting and at Vitoria Guimaraes, which is a pretty – I would also like to return to our home ground. I don't want to be playing – Back in our um, at Nacional Stadium, that's not yeah. that's not cool. Mate, I I uh, I tweeted the account yeah. in English and they didn't respond. So I tried. I, I went to Google Translate, typed it in, and I typed it in Portuguese. Two days later, they still haven't responded to me, mate. Their 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 account manager is trash. Wow, it's really yeah, I bad. don't know. All right, so let's hope for better results. Um, because the Maritimo Ultras in uh, in the United States are getting just a bit uneasy here. It's uh, we're we're starting to turn against the lads a little bit. So I can I can see I can sense it in your voice. You're very disappointed in them. Well, three points in the last four games yes. is not acceptable. That's, That's true. That's true. Uh, Brian had a take on our little Jaffet talk at the beginning of last episode, or I guess there was an intro. Uh, Brian says I'd name my kid Jaffet or Dilbert for 5 million, set up a trust fund, invest the money. The kid is set for life. Give them a middle name that you want to call them. Tell them they could change their name when they're 18 if they want. I think part of that though says that the kid cannot change their name. Cannot change the name, right. Until 18 or ever? Legally ever. They can go by a different name after 18, but when it's in on paper, it's always going to say Dilbert. Or Jaffet. (laughs) Or Jaffet. <laughs> so in because school, then, then you could always just be like, "Oh well, I'll you know, I'll just change it a day later." You know, like that's <laughs> that, that kind of ruins the whole thing, right? So, like in school, 
All right. Well, I'm going to bring this up. I don't know if you saw, uh, again, just a little musing. Now we're going to just talk about some random stuff that came up real short briefings. So I just want a quick response from you here. Mark Klantenberg came out of the blue. I believe he's been refing where in like Qatar or something. Is that where he's been? He's refing somewhere. Yeah. He left the Premier League. I can't he's remember why. He made a lot, a, a lot to ref there too. Qatar. What was that? Sorry, I think you're you're far back. He's getting um he's getting paid yeah. a, a lot at Qatar in Qatar to Well that's to why he left then. Oh. Yeah. A lot of the players also said he was he was quote unquote, this is uh Foster's words, not mine, the ex United goalkeeper, that he was they called him Mr. Hollywood, apparently. So what were you well, saying? Well, I want to know your take because he was wilding out about your boy. Klopp, he he's called Klopp a quote sore loser and a quote strange bloke. Uh, he he said somewhere here, brilliant manager, sour loser. Uh, and I first came across him in April 2014. His Dortmund side lost three nothing at Real Madrid, um, and and he just kind of talks about how after the game, kind of came out of his dressing room, and Marcelo and his wife asked for a picture. It was a private picture on their phone, so I said, yeah, no problem. Klopp then walked past just as the photo was being taken. And he said, oh, so that's why we got beat. Is that it? <laughs> he was not being humorous or friendly. He was being uh, sarky is what he said. So he, he's called Klopp. Um, he said he's a good manager, but yeah, he's, he's so, called him a sore loser and a weird bloke is what he said. So I think Klopp's mentality is similar to yours. Mm-hmm. As soccer, soccer wise, where like outside of soccer, they are like, very peaceful people kind of, you know, but then like <laughs> for some reason when they're in the, in the zone, they just become like aggressive or something like that. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you know, I, I love club. I think he's an amazing, but I do think he can be probably, I could see that point of view. So he could be realistic though sometimes. So maybe there were some rough calls, you know, um, he kind of calls it how he sees it, but kind of in a nicer way. But there are times, and I think everyone is like this. I mean, you'll never find a manager that's like, because this is your job. So, you know what I mean? You're going to get frustrated. So, yeah, I could, you know, I, I think he, he has shown signs that he can be kind of a sore loser sometimes. You know what I mean? So, I, I could definitely see that. Yeah, and I'd probably say the same thing if I was pissed at how the calls were made and I saw that. I definitely would say something if I saw that. Well, and that's what I was going to say. Like, as much as we can, you can say that about Klopp. I think you can say that about a lot of managers. I think Mark Clattenberg's just making, he seems to me as the type of guy that likes to make noise. You know, he just tries to say something that's like controversial. I think maybe he's trying to sell a book. I think he's already sold a book. Uh, And well, because he also said, I want to mention, I I mentioned it in two things. So one thing he said about Klopp, then apparently a couple of days later, I read he was talking about um, that match, the, the infamous uh, Chelsea-Tottenham match, the battle at the bridge. Remember the one that had oh, all those cards? Uh, was yeah. intense and let Leicester win the league, actually, um, was, which was an amazing game. Klattenberg was the ref in that match. And he has admitted, apparently, he said the following. He said, I allowed Tottenham to self-destruct against Chelsea. I could have given a few red cards, but I ignored the clear red cards because it was pure theater to see them self-destruct. <laughs> I mean, what? who says that? Yeah. Um, who yeah. is um, the GOAT? Who's the GOAT Premier League um, ref, though? Um, Howard Webb. Howard Webb. 
<laughs> yes. The goats. <laughs> Amazing. So I just wanted to bring that out. Mark Klattenberg is back apparently in the news. Um, you know what? We always try finding a Mount Rushmore ideas. And by the way, please send us here at Mount Rushmore's. Mm-hmm. Premier League referees is a good one because Ooh. a lot of people know about Premier League referees, but that's true. That'd be a good two person one. It wouldn't be a good panel, but it'd be a good one for yeah. us to do. I, okay. Yeah. Maybe next episode we'll do it. Uh, yeah. By the way, next episode is 99. A hundred is coming up. My friends, a hundred is coming up and uh, maybe I'll try to get the panel for the hundredth episode. Uh, so that let's see. And, and yeah, let's do it. Next episode, Mount Rushmore of, refs so stay tuned for that one folks we could say refs should we say officials in general so across every sport or should we yes yes every sport sport would be electric i feel like although i feel like other than one that really sticks in my head right now i can't think of others outside of soccer if i'm being completely honest with you there are good ones. Two, I have a few okay, there's two now. There's two. I have a few. In, I have a few in basketball in mind. Too. I have zero in basketball. I can't say I know any basketball. I know the guy you're thinking of. His son is a ref now, by the way. Which sport? Football. <laughs> I wasn't thinking about football, but you, now I know. You're t- <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we'll just do this next week. We'll let the anticipation build. Everyone, think about your officials in every league. It could be anyone. Um, and we'll, I think mine will be heavily soccer dominated because I tend to know them more and, and their cards are emphatic, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, just quick, some more quick musings. Chris Hewton has been sacked at Nottingham Forest. We talked about last week. <laughs> he gets sacked every year. <laughs> Chris Hewton gets hired to get sacked every year. <laughs> He does. I feel like this dude's just every time he gets hired and then every time he hears the same thing, oh, he's the right manager for the job and the public loves it. And then he gets fired. Why do you think he gets hired in the first place? Just because he looks like he's a very nice, calm, like that he has everything under control? He's someone that's, I think, coached so many teams than maybe like high profile teams in England. <laughs> That like at this point they're just like he probably has a decent idea of what he's doing and know like you know what I mean people know him so they well, just mate, give I'll, him I'll say I'll say this about so he was at Newcastle for one year in 0910 then he went to Birmingham for one year then he went to Norwich for two years I'll give him this he stayed at Brighton for five years apparently from 14 to 19 and now he had been at Nottingham Forest for one year so to clarify uh, aside from that Brighton um, tenure that you mentioned. He's been, he hasn't lasted more than a year and a half at a club. Right. Which is his Wikipedia picture. Cause they couldn't get him at any other club. So that's, <laughs> that's what they have um, of him. And I believe he's uh, the Tottenham Hotspur legend. Yes, he is. He is. He is. And, and they didn't hire, they didn't hire Terry. They hired some other guy. I, I, I heard his name today and I didn't care too much to remember it. McLean or some shit like that. Also, I, don't I don't know if we mentioned this or are, are there some more stories you want to get to? Just two more, nothing. Well, one of them we could we could talk about next week, actually. But just one small, funny one. But, but yeah. yeah. What's the small one? Okay, so the small, funny one was Phil Jones. Did you hear about what he said this week? I, You know what? I saw a headline, uh-huh. but I didn't click on it. <laughs> so apparently Phil Jones has spoken. Better, Best known this season for two things. Okay, one... <laughs> Not giving Veron his number. Yes, that is the top thing he is known for, not giving Veron his number. And the <laughs> second one, I, I don't know if a lot of people have seen it outside of Arsenal Twitter, 
but he got burned by a like a six by our 16 or 17 year old wonder kid charlie patino in a u23 match like absolutely in phil jones style was like the guy dribbled around and he fell down <laughs> if you get a chance watch the arsenal versus uh man united i think it was u23s uh, or type Pat- Charlie Patino because he's an up and comer. You guys were talking about young players, and I didn't butt in this. You know, I was I was running around, but um, yeah, quite a few young players coming in, so that's that's one to to look for. So Phil, Phil Jones, by the way, said this. Uh, so let me get back to the original story. Must, something must happen. He said, "I'm proud of my career, and when it finishes, I'm enjoying my life." The keyboard warriors will still be in their mom's spare bedroom, sipping diet Pepsi that's flat eating a pot noodle, sitting in their boxers and tweeting. <laughs> you know, <laughs> what's that all about? By him like, saying that, it shows that it's getting to him. Yeah, okay, because Bill <laughs> <laughs> Jones, after the match, clearly logged into Twitter yes. and then saw his ass blowing up and just saw probably continuous loops of him getting burned by a 16 <laughs> Like, here's what annoys me about some soccer players. And, like, I understand they could take a giant mental toll. I get it. But when they go out on a limb and say, I don't feel bad for the guys that say this either. The, um, like, the ones like Phil Jones say, oh, they, they're drinking flat soda in their mom's Hot noodles. Because, for example, we're two people doing that and we're not doing that. You, you know what I mean? Like there are established professionals from, from surgeons, the presidents to the king of England or, you know, that, that watch this sport. So for you to generalize, for you to generalize, um, fans, um, is so contradicting because you're saying they generalize you, you know what I mean? Do you get what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So yeah. when they're trying to humanize themselves, it's like, well, time for you to do the opposite. Right. And Phil yeah. Jones is a nonce. He's I, a nonce for this. <laughs> the intern is currently tweeting the video. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, look, when you get burned by a 16-year-old and you kind of act the way he, he has, I don't know. He's a head case, man. He's yeah. A, he's a head case. You're Unfortunately. Right. Right. Clearly he's a, uh, he should delete. He's got a, if I were Phil Jones, if I was his wife or people close to him, just delete the app, just yeah. delete Instagram, Twitter, whatever this man logs in to see himself getting burned by you 23 prospects. Just delete it, dude. <laughs> just delete it. So it's been posted on the account. So those that are at home, uh, you know, go ahead and check out, uh, at the footy corner to Phil Jones getting taken to school. Uh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> the the last last thing I just want to talk about it the biennial World Cup a World Cup every two years we're not going to get it deep into it because that's a long topic in itself apparently there's going to be some voting for it I'm not sure I must have heard September 30th something that's picking up steam we had a discussion a few weeks ago on it I guess people are really starting to talk a lot about it so keep your eyes peeled um, I think September 30th is the date for that one um, just I remember you said you're not aboard right you're not aboard. every two years World Cup hell no okay all right do you have anything else you want to mention in, in around europe before we go to the i just have a question for you yeah ronald coleman looking like he's out of barcelona i meant to put that yeah who would you 
replace him with if you're Barcelona? Just just off the your top of your dome. Who off the top? I'll give of you four dome. managers. Sure. That they're looking at. Chavi, Pirlo, Conte, okay. or I'm forgetting the last so, two. So the very first one that came to my mind, you mentioned. But I was worried because this guy is too, it's too early for him, maybe. I was thinking Xavi's the first guy that I thought of. And because I know, didn't he, I know he went to Qatar. Did he, he player he, manage them too, or was yeah. he just their captain? Player because managed, I, he player managed, I think he's managing them right now. Okay, because that's why that name came into my head. But I have that worry, you know, that is it too early? Is, you know, Frank Lampard, we Frank saw Lampard. what happened there. You know, Mikel Arteta, you're seeing what's happening there. And I'm, um, you know what? He's the other candidate we mentioned, Pirlo. He managed Juventus last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so I think Javi is the long-term answer, but not right now. Not right now. I don't but know. The thing is, if you're looking in the key, that style of play that we think about Barcelona as, I don't think Conte is your guy. Let's no. Be, I, mean, I mean, if you want immediate results, maybe. Yeah. But if you really want to play in Barcelona, he's not your guy. I don't right. think Pirlo is your guy. Um, I forgot the third guy. I'm forgetting about him. But out of those guys uh, that I mentioned, I mean, maybe take the gamble on Xavi because I don't think there's anyone else that really understands that style of play other than like Pep, you know, who's not there. But like, who are you going to bring in? You know, Carlo maybe? Well, Carlo's somewhere. He's somewhere good. I forget. But Well, let me say a name that Xavi actually gave a ring endorsement to Maybe it was in March, and it kind of went under the radar. What would your thoughts be about Mr. Scratch and Sniff, Joachim Love? That's the other guy. That was the fourth guy. Oh, that was the fourth guy? That was the fourth guy. Yeah, I, I just was kind of going through things, and I saw that um, Javi actually endorses him. So it's possible. I would probably go with him then, because if the guy that I want to hire says you should probably hire this guy, I'll probably listen to him. I bet, yeah, right, and then Javi can... Yeah, Xavi can then take over for him next after he's managed. I'm sure Xavi will take an assistant managing job over a Qatar team. So that's true. That's true. All right. Yeah, that was a good point. I, I meant to mention that when we talked about Barcelona, it must have slipped my mind because that is, yeah, that is the talk of the day. Probably going to be out. Um, all right. Shall we go to the nonsense then? Yeah. All right. Let's, well, let's first actually, before we do, share the results. I, I always forget because I think in the last episode, I may have forgotten to share our results. All is good. I know, I know you can go to the account and probably see it anyway, but the winner from last week is drum roll. It's uh, Aaron Juan Basaka. He won for nonce of the week. Um, I think for actually committing a crime. I think he's the one that drove without a license. So yeah. 38% voted for Aaron Juan Basaka in second was Eintracht Frankfurt, who I voted for, um, who didn't let their player transfer. That's who I did as well. I voted for, for them as well. Mark Few got 23% for getting the DUI and apparently taking your pants off and giving it to another team's player is not Nazi. Kieran Trippe only got 8% of the vote there. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> that's wild. Okay, so now with that, let's go to this week's Nonce of the Week. You are a nonce, fella. You're a nonce, mate. And this week, we don't have so many to pick from like we usually do. We don't have six. I have exactly four for us, um, unless you think of another one. Now, the first one, everyone's heard of this by now. Many people mentioned it to the pod. Shout out Brian, Steve, 
Uh, Hulk. So Hulk is has gotten his ex-wife's niece pregnant, but the way the article was written, the headline said Hulk gets ex-niece pregnant or something like that. So it was a little deceiving. It is not incest per the definition, but that's a really shady thing. I am. What are your thoughts on Hulk getting his ex-wife's niece pregnant? It's shady, <laughs> but um. I mean, it's not like, in, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, like, I don't know. I don't know the relationship. You know, I think sometimes we're a little bit too harsh. On Hulk? We don't know what this woman was like. I mean, maybe she, uh, most likely she was good, but who are we to say? We don't yeah, know. But you can't just go off being just look at you know Hulk. how many women there are in the world? We're and all, Hulk? we're all, <laughs> you're Hulk. And there are all these women in the world. The thing, we're all literally looking at Hawk and just assuming this guy's a sleaze ball. I mean, he is. <laughs> There's some. He's a, he's Hulk. He can have anyone, and he's gone to his ex's niece. That's wild. Well, what if he legit loves her? And what if this woman that he was with before was like a, like a demon, like a devil? I mean, the age gap's got to be incredible. No, I don't think it's too much. No. Oh, okay. I mean, Hulk is still playing, I think. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you what. This included Hulk's biggest criminal thing in his career is never playing in the Premier League, never challenging himself to go to a difficult league. That's uh, Hulk's uh, greatest crime. You agree? A lot of people like that. Um, I wouldn't say Premier League. I'd say going to... Uh, or to any big league. A league, yeah. This Where man's just hidden Russia, I mean. Syria, the Premier League. Yeah, this dude just hit in Russia. So there's Hulk. Okay, so I don't think he's gonna get your vote, but it's possible. But you know others. what? If he if he's happy with his career and like the money he's made, I don't blame him. Honestly. Okay. If so there's there a billion dollars a week to play in this capital of Russia. I don't. Maybe I'd do it. I mean, you know. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Then there is. I think this one will get the vote from both of us. It's person. There's Notre Dame. Uh, the story behind this is uh, Purdue. And Notre Dame used to play each other every year, pretty much, um, up until 2014, where uh, ND became pussies and stopped playing Big Ten teams. Uh, and so we finally played them again in their home stadium. And everyone, well, a lot of people know Purdue's got the quote-unquote world's largest drum. They have this giant drum the band rolls around and plays. And they've, they've uh, played that at every stadium, home and away, since 1979, including games in Notre Dame. Yeah. And Notre Dame said that because that drum did not fit in the visiting team's tunnel, which I guess they've renovated since last time the game happened, you are not allowed to use the home tunnel. And therefore, you must keep the drum outside. People thought, okay, with all the pressure they'll let in. Nope. Notre Dame decided to never let the drum in. So, how big of a nonce are you if you're afraid of a drum? You know, I see both sides of it. Really? Um, I'm being neutral. We got to be neutral. Um, but like, what does a drum have to do? Like, what's the drum going to do? When you're at home, you have to pull off all the scumbag moves that give you the advantage. Something as small as that. But, but you gave them bulletin board material. Maybe it made them, I mean, it didn't work, but I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It is a sleazy move. I think it's also, honestly, they're also the type of school that's like, you know, this school has a better band than us 
Mm-hmm. I know I'm being honest and they don't want that to be displayed. No, Purdue's band is good. Their team's not, but their band's Oh good. yeah. It's an, it's an all American band. I think it's better than, than Notre Dame's. And yeah. like, as weird as it sounds, the big fucking drum is a symbol of that. You know, there's a reason why Purdue has a big drum. It's not like we just carry a fucking, I mean, it's symbol <laughs> of, right. of the, the world-class band that they marching band that they have. So right. um, obviously Notre Dame is pulling out all the moves and also, wants to make their band probably look a little like on par. So, I mean, I, I think it's stupid too. It's like saying the other team's mascot can't come in, you know, it's like, yeah. it's like, come on, dude. Like at some point it's like, I understand you're trying to get all the advantages you can as something that was weird as that. But then at some point you just got to look at the spectacle and be like, dude, come on. Like two teams, rivals from Indiana, Let's just have our mascots or have our drum, the bands and everyone there. It's, you know, just let's fucking, let's have it, you know, but I don't know. What about you? Yeah. I mean, I, I just don't like it. I think it's a <laughs> bullshit move. They're pussies. But there was a big movement on Twitter saying, let the drum in. There was a lot of memes made, obviously yeah. supporting bringing the drum in, including big cat um, and ESPN <laughs> analysts. So um, I think most people side with the drum. Yeah. It's a fucking drum. Come on. Don't be assholes. They were, though. Um, then we have Thomas uh, Strakosha. You probably never heard of him until this clip. He's the Lazio goalie. And in their Europa League match uh, against Galatasaray, uh, you know, he looked, uh, he, you know, the, there looked to be a very innocent cross that kind of came in. It was in the 66th minute. We'll post the video. Um uh, Morutan, some some player from Galatasaray, sends this cross. And actually, if you look at the clip, DeAndre Edlin was overlapping him. I didn't know DeAndre Edlin was playing for Galatasaray. Yeah, he's uh, kind of dipped a lot. Yeah, so so there's that. But this lad sends in a cross, and it should – I mean, this, this ball should have been clear. I mean, it wasn't really in any danger. I think the defender tries to kick it away, but then it pops straight up in the air. And as it's coming down, the goalie – instead of batting it over the goal must have missed it or something bats it into his own goal. I mean, this has got to be up there for one of the worst own goals. We've seen a few goalie howlers. Yeah. How does this rank with the goalie howlers we've seen? Very bad. Um, there's probably a couple worse, but that's, it's up there for sure. Okay. Yeah. And then the last one, I don't think you're privy to because I, I just got word of it earlier today before coming on the pod. Okay. This last one is, there is no name. It is a Ravens fan. It's just a general guy. Did you hear about the Ravens fan before I say it? So this is new to you. Okay. We all know the Ravens beat the Chiefs on a Sunday night football, I think it was. Yeah. Uh, It was on Sunday night football. They beat the Chiefs 36 to 35. Well, there was, the win was so big to one of the fans of the Baltimore Ravens that he went out and got the final score of this particular game tattooed on his body. It says September 19th, 2021 ball 36 KC 35. So this man got a tattoo of a regular season win. Uh, It looks to be just above his knee on his thigh. Uh, I can, uh, I'll show you. It'll be up for the pod later, but what are your thoughts on this lad getting his his team's win tattooed? Uh, I mean, literally just a regular season game. 
That's wild. I'm against any of those. You know, I, in, while we're bringing this up, funny story, Mark Plattenberg refereed the, one of the Champions League finals and got a tattoo of the trophy with the, with the Champions League um, year on it. <laughs> really? How do you feel about that? <laughs> That's well, not we're talking about Plattenberg. That was a story that Foster showed or told <laughs> that Plattenberg – Maybe it was the Liverpool-Real Madrid game. I think he ref possibly. Um, mm-hmm. So 18 maybe. But right. what do you think about like if a ref did that? Is that weird? I mean, I guess in his profession, that's like the highest thing he could have done. I, I think it's a bit – it's not as bad as this Ravens guy. This this guy did a regular season game. <laughs> that's – yeah, no, that's not acceptable. <laughs> I think uh, – I still think it's 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 interesting. It's odd. But that tells you he must really be into his career because I mean that is the highest honor you could get as a ref, right? Like it almost the equivalent. Okay, that's true. I guess it's almost the equivalent of like a player doing it, right? I, I maybe no, but a player played in it and won it. <laughs> Whereas yeah, Mark, you ref a couple games, like you, I but you know. have to you have to have passed a lot of grades. Like you had to be honored as like the best ref that year to have that game that's what i'm saying how do you get a i don't know how the how they appoint refs like if the ref for example does the ref do they have the ref for the champions league final right now like we don't know no i think throughout the year they do evaluate them and there i don't know the exact process but i do know that they select them i think somewhere in april or may or early may and it's based on there's a there's a group i can't remember what the name of it is i can't remember what the name of the european one is um but they they actually review the refs and they they grade them every match well, when, yeah. yeah, I mean, hey, it, it, they were making fun of it. Um, <laughs> it is kind of, I mean, it's interesting. It's different. But yeah, looking at the point of view of, I guess, referees, you know, if a player can get it, why not the ref, right? Yeah, it's a good, it's a good logic. Much better than this fan. <laughs> yeah, this guy, see, if it was like a Super Bowl final, maybe? Yes. Maybe? Right. Was he at the game? I hope he was at the game. <laughs> I'm he not just too watched sure it at TV and then went out and got the tattoo. That's a bit bizarre. <laughs> Hopefully he was at the game is what I'm saying. I mean, it's, poss- it's possible. I, the, the article does not say because it didn't even say their name. So uh, I'm sure maybe something will come out. I just saw it today and I said, well, there's my nonce for today. Uh, and that will round that out. So who, who gets your vote? We have Hulk got his ex-wife's niece pregnant. Uh, Notre Dame for not allowing the drum into their stadium for the first time since 79 that Purdue didn't have the big drum. Uh, Thomas Strakosha for a horrendous own goal in the Europa League match uh, between Lazio and Galatasaray. And then the Ravens fan who got so excited, he tattooed the final score of a Ravens Chiefs week two regular season game. (laughs) Non-biased, it's the Ravens fan because that on you forever, bro. That's... He had to have been drunk. So whoever tattooed him, shame on you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, since you picked that one, because I think, yeah, non- I'll put my, I'll put the bias hat on. I'll go with Notre Dame because I, I'm just, I just don't like them. And I hope they lose to Wisconsin this week at Soldier Field. We have to see a bunch of them around here. Uh, yeah. So let's go ahead now to the, towards the end here. We've, uh, before we get to the predictions, let's update the scores. After five weeks, is it five weeks? Four weeks. Yep. Is it four weeks or five? Oh, five weeks. We're five weeks done. But it's four weeks of scores because, remember, we missed the first week. Um, Arain sits in first overall with 71 points after a 13-point week. Jeff had a 14-point uh, week, 
So he's cut the lead to one. He has 70. Um, I had a 15-pointer, and I'm I sit in third at 67, four points behind you for the lead. Brian's in fourth at 65. Then there's a bit of a gap. Steve at 56, and the caboose, Nikhil, who missed the whole week, is catching him. So, Steve, lad, you got to... You got to pick it up. Otherwise it could get embarrassing if Nikhil catches you just because he missed him, you know? So um, again, Arine 71, Jeff 70, I have 67, Brian 65, Steve 56, Nikhil 51 at the 40 corner too. We'll have that posted. Let's go to the week six predictions. Uh, I'll go ahead and start us off. I had no idea this match was even happening and it's the first match of the weekend. Chelsea hosting Manchester city at Stanford bridge. I got Chelsea two. Man City won Romelu Lukaku. Oof. Um, I think this is going to be a one-to-one game. Okay. And I'll, yeah, Lukaku. All right. Uh, then we go to the 9 a.m. or the 10 Eastern time games. Man United hosting Aston Villa. I know you're not impressed with the United, but, well, minus this little display Villa putting for 10 minutes. Haven't been too impressed with them. I've got United 3, Villa 1, Cristiano Ronaldo. I have 2-0 United, and I'll go. Well, you got to go with, with Ronaldo with the hot hand. And um, say, who, is he taking pens for them? I don't think we've gotten to see who takes their pens yet, right? It hasn't happened, has it? That'll be interesting. Yeah, maybe this will be the week. Let's see. Yeah. Uh, Leicester hosting Burnley, I think, with them having Burnley at home. So I think Burnley can be a tricky away match. But at home, I got Leicester 2, Burnley nil. Jamie Vardy. one nothing Leicester, Vardy. Okay. Yeah, Burnley's tricky with that physicality. Uh, Everton hosting Norwich. There, Everton looks to Vardy. get back on track. I didn't pick a goal scorer. Oh, you said one nothing. Vardy. Vardy. Okay. I, I think I just assumed you said Vardy because uh, <laughs> I saw it on my screen that I'd picked him. Uh, Everton and Norwich. Everton look back. Look to get back on track. They will. I got them winning three nothing. I mean, because Norwich, I picked them to win. They fucked up. They're going to lose three nothing. Richarlison is my goal scorer. Nothing with Charleston as well. All right. Leeds and West Ham. I think this one will be the wild match of the week. I have 2-2 and Mikel Antonio upon returning will score a goal. 1-3 West Ham. And I'll go for Niles. There you go, for Niles. You wanted him to take that pen. So let's see what happens this week. Watford hosting Newcastle. I have a higher scoring game than people would think. I got Watford 2, Newcastle 2. And my goal score is Emmanuel Dennis of uh, Watford. I got the same thing, but a St. Maximum. Is he playing? Uh-huh. Alain, yeah. He scored yeah. last match. I'll go with that. I'll go with him. 2-2, St. Maximum. All yeah. right. Could be a tricky match. Uh, Brentford or Liverpool take, uh, going to Brentford. I still think they'll win. Uh, Brentford's scrappy, though. I got Brentford 1, Liverpool 2, Mohamed Salah. 2 nothing Salah. All right. Defense. Defense is really good. Yeah, that's true. I guess Brentford isn't that scary up front, but I don't know. They're home. It's it's at their home for some weird reason. I Southampton hosting Wolves. Honestly, I don't know if anyone's going to be watching this match. I, I, like, what's the point? But I got Southampton one, Wolves one, and I've got a weird goal score. I'm going to take Trincao. I'll go Southampton one, Wolves two. Who does Trincao play for? Wolves. <laughs> okay, came from Barcelona to Wolves. Oh shit. Okay. Um <laughs> Raul. Raul, and you said two one wolves. Is that what it yeah. was? Yeah. All right. North London Derby. Uh I don't Arsenal know. at home to Ta- against Tottenham. Uh, I mean, they've been some bad teams though, like Norwich, and then Burnley was okay to win at Burnley. 
They're at home. This is their chance to tie Tottenham. Will it happen? The pessimist, the pessimist in me says, no, it'll probably be a draw, but I'm on the pod. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push us to victory. 2-1 Arsenal. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang usually will score in these types of games, so I'm going to pick him. Who's at home? Arsenal's at home. That's why I took the 2-1. So I, I got to go. I got to... I made a bold claim earlier that Harry Kane won't score a goal. So going off of that, I think, and I said, Arsenal has to score more than two goals. Well, I think they will. I'm going to say Arsenal two, Tottenham one. Mm-hmm. And Aubameyang has to score if they want to win, in my opinion. So I'll say, I'll say Aubameyang. Yeah, I think if he doesn't score, they don't win. I agree with you. So then I don't know why. But on Monday night, they put Crystal Palace and Brighton for us all to watch. Um, yeah. But this, this is your chance. To see, Monday morning. <laughs> yeah. This is your chance to see Brighton on display, though. This is it. This is the moment. I got Palace nil. I think Brighton won. I think Brighton stays stays on track. Neil Mape. <sighs> this is tough. One, two. I mean, uh, Brighton? Ah, no, no. One, one. One okay. one. Uh, it's at Palace, right? Yes, they're at home game all day. Mape, Mape is your goal scorer. All right. So with our final segment today, uh, again, everyone else make your picks at the Footy Corner two. Let's now go to the Gambling Corner. This week saw some sporadic scores or money bets, I guess, so to speak. Well, I'll just go off the bat. You and Brian put some big money parlays. I almost hit again, didn't I? And both of you missed by one match. You put 10 to win 72-80. You picked Chelsea and Arsenal correctly. You just had Leeds to win, and they drew. They gave up the goal to St. Maximin that screwed you over. On the other hand, Brian picked Leeds and Newcastle to draw. He picked Liverpool to win, and you know who screwed him? Manchester City not winning. Otherwise, he would have won forty ninety eight. <laughs> so, oh. um, both of you end up losing ten, getting oh so close. Uh, our leader Steve lost two dollars and eight cents. He took the Villa Everton over two and a half, which won, but he lost Chelsea Tottenham under two and a half, um, and he also lost on the Raul first goal uh, for Wolves, and that put him at yeah minus two hundred eight. Trevor had positive two fifty eight this week. He had the Chelsea Manu parlay correct, winning in 508. He took Liverpool, Arsenal, and Man City let him down, losing 250 there. And then finally, I ended up winning seven. Straight up on Chelsea, I won four. Straight up on Arsenal, I won four. And then that wild bet where I thought I took Newcastle and Norwich to win, neither of them did. It was only $1. So after all that, in first place is Steve at 29.17. Trevor sits in second at positive 1491. I sit in third at positive 475. Arine's in fourth at minus 1859. And Brian is in last at minus 1912. Uh, I can only assume that you're going to throw a bananas parlay this week. So I'll, do you want to go first? Or do you yeah, want me to go, go first? I'll go first. <laughs> I'm expecting a, a giant parlay again. As you no, usually. just three teams. Three teams. Okay. They're locks. Okay. It locks. They're locks. This Are they individual bets? Parlay. This is your can't lose parlay. Oh, so this is a parlay? Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. $10. Okay. 
which is our max that we can do, right? Yes. I might put yes. that down in real life. I think I will. Okay. Everton, right. minus 175, easy money at home against Norwich. I mean, that is, I might put my uh-huh. mortgage on that one in real life. Okay. Parlaying that with Liverpool against Brentford at minus 220. Uh-huh. I don't like those odds, but I think they'll win, so fuck it. Okay. And Wolves beating Southampton at plus 185. Well, that's that's the moneymaker right there. So it's... <laughs> Plus five five one. <laughs> if I put ten on it, I win fifty five fourteen. Okay, <laughs> that wolves one, mate. I'm telling you, that wolves one is easy money. You're thinking too much. Wolves have the team. Southampton doesn't. It's wolves easy. That Lance. is a good line for wolves. If you had to put your life and bet on that game, what would you bet? Uh, a draw, Southampton, or Wolves? A draw. <laughs> I'd die probably. I probably. Dude, I don't know what's going to happen in that match, mate. That match is bananas. But you know what? You were going in a direction I thought I was going to. I thought you were going to go the same direction I did. You did pick Everton. I like Everton as well. And I parlayed Everton with Man United. Uh, who's playing who again? Man United's playing Villa. So I parlayed Everton and Villa. When you parlay them together, it's only it's a plus one fifteen. So I put five dollars to win five seventy six on that one. The homer pick, Arsenal at plus one thirty five, three to win four hundred five. Now that's just me throwing down money to see what happens. And then I've, I've done something similar to what you and Brian do, except smaller smaller risk. I do a wild parlay, and my yeah. wild two team parlay only is uh, West Ham at plus one fifty. At Leeds, it's called the road team parlay. And Brighton at plus 160, it makes it plus 550, 550. That's $2 to win 11. Probably not going to hit, but it's worth a shot. Mm-hmm. So my lock, though, is United and Everton parlay. That's, that's, where that, that's where I like my money to go. So might do that one in real life because uh, they're both at home. So any last thing you want to say to the listeners uh, before we sign off at episode 98? Oof, no, I guess we got to run the rest of this week, man. What is it, Tuesday? Yes. Yeah, I don't know. It's a weird week, isn't it? I don't know. You've just, and you've already enjoyed your Carabao Cup action line. You just got to watch the Sox clinch the Central. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I'll tell people, you know, look out for the North London Derby. I always have something that's going on when that match happens. I could swear every time except for the last one when they lost. That was bad. I was, I was sitting on my couch, but I had a soccer match once. I had, you know, we had to be somewhere. Now, this time, shout out Phil, shout out Bryn. It's her birthday. I'll be at it. Or, or no, not Bryn. Sorry. Uh, oh, my God. I've totally fluffed my lines. Um, why have I blanked on his son's name? Caden. It's Caden's first birthday. Uh, so I'm going to be at a child's birthday party during the, during the match, and uh, I might request uh, – See, see it, see it put on the TV, maybe put it on my phone, but uh, we'll see if I can watch the match. Maybe if I'm at an event, they'll win because they usually win when I, when I can't watch the whole thing. So that's fine. That's, that's, I mean, I'll take it. If I have to, if I have to sacrifice for Arsenal to win, let's get it done. Uh, so with that said, also happy uh, FIFA day. FIFA releases tomorrow. Oh, or I guess today, if you're listening to this, right? Yeah. In England, it's already out. Oh. Wow. Are you getting it? 
I'm waiting for the new console. I'm waiting till I get a new console. So I'll be uh, watching Twitch and YouTube streams of it depressed until I obtain an Xbox. So, and I could assume Brian is holding because he's gotten all these great cards before the, the, the release, right? Probably. All right. So actually I don't think he's getting the 22. I think he announced it really until Christmas. All right. Well, with that, we're going to turn it over (laughs) to the draw King himself. Another draw this past week. So that's four matches for Villarreal. Four draws. Zero, zero, two, 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 and zero, zero this week against Mallorca. Let's turn over to the draw master, Unai Emery. Aloha. Love you guys. Good evening, Alexa. Please to play uh, my favorite song. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. 